Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Docs Sportscast today. I know that it's been quite a while. It's been, uh, I don't know, almost a month now, like two or three weeks that we haven't had um, an episode for the Sportscast. Um, just been a lot of things going on for us. Um, you know, recently found out, you know, we have you know kids on the way, things like that. So um, some some interesting things going on for us that's taking up some time. So sorry about that. But um, we did want to get in uh, episode for today, and that is recapping with the NFL draft. So Aurora and I were sitting and watching it, and Aurora was mind blown, you know, scratching her head at a lot of the picks, didn't understand what was going on, all the trades and things that were happening. My gosh, it was insane what happened on draft weekend. Now, the thing is, this year's draft is one that, honestly, I've been waiting for for a few years now. Um, you know, many were shocked, but the evidence is there. The evidence is there as to why the draft ended up the way that it, in, it ended this year. And, you know, if you look at it, I mean, my gosh, you've got, you know, defensive players galore, offensive tackles galore of the top picks i mean look at the look at the draft one two three four five six seven top seven picks were all offensive linemen or defensive players and the top five picks of the draft were defensive players this really says a lot about the nfl and a lot about what executives are looking at okay executives aren't stupid they understand trends they see things most of them anyway, see see things differently than the average fan sees, okay? They're looking at things in a different way. They're understanding things at a higher level. They're looking at trends, and they're not just sitting there thinking about their fantasy team or thinking about what's going to make me want to buy season tickets, what's going to make my team look exciting on offense. They're looking at things differently, and this is a really good sign, I think, that the league is turning things around and starting to get back to fundamentals of actual good football because if you look at it, those are the teams that are winning Super Bowls is the teams that focus on that. Teams that get away from it and try and just focus on offense and try and just focus on putting up numbers, yeah, that had its little stint there, but it's not going that way anymore. Defense is just as important, and offensive line is getting just as important nowadays as well. So here are some points and things that we're throwing out as to why the evidence is there and to what is the reasons that the draft ended up the way that it did this year and shocked quite a bit of people. But for us, we weren't that surprised because we expected something like this to happen pretty soon. Um, And it just so happened this year. Hopefully this can reset the page. This can reset quarterbacks, running backs, things like that. And, And maybe not next year recreate the draft going back to the way it was but starting to get it back on the right track um, and have more of these top positions and things go where they need to number one running backs in the nfl were becoming spoiled and their value began dropping drastically over the last two years i'm not saying their production overall because you got guys coming in the league that are doing amazing things jonathan taylor derrick henry you know that just playing amazing football but running backs their value has been drastically decreasing because it is a it is very rich in running backs it's very rich in running backs in the nfl i mean you can have good solid running game with a lot of different running backs this year look at some of the guys who were top performers look at some of the guys who came up and all of a sudden played amazing or had really good seasons 
you know, you look at Mitchell out at um, San Francisco. He had a great year. I mean, these are guys that if they didn't have a great solid offensive line in front of them, if they didn't have a really good defense on their side, would they have performed as well as they did? I don't know, but the evidence would suggest so. Look at Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon was making $8 million a year when he came to the Denver Broncos Okay, a couple years ago. He re-signed with them recently $2 million salary with up to $4 million with incentives. And arguably, Denver has one of the best running games in the NFL. They really do. So you look at them, and then you're thinking, well, great. They've got a really great running back as a duo backfield with Williams there, and now they're paying him half at the worst of what they used to pay him. Yeah, that's how the league is going, guys. Gone are the days, I think, of when you're going to see a bunch of running backs being paid like crazy insane numbers, like what Ezekiel Elliott was asking for and stuff like that. Melvin Gordon was $8 million a year. Now he's dropped down. Look at the top paid running backs. Christian McCaffrey is the best utility back probably ever in the league's history for what he's doing at Carolina right now. He's not a pure running back. He's got amazing hands. He could be a wide receiver if he was taller. I mean, this guy is amazing. So yes, it obviously warrants him to be paid the most, and he's producing that way right now. Alvin Kamara, who's tied for second, had 3.7 average rush yards per carry last year. That's the worst in his career. Okay, absolute worst in his career, and he's tied second highest paid running back. Ezekiel Elliott, 4.2 average yards per carry last year. That's not very good either. I mean, it's good, but it's not top 10 paid running back good. Okay, Tony Pollard, by the way, who's the backup running back in Dallas, 5.5 yards per carry. Okay, this has to have Jerry Jones questioning whether or not. He's wasting money on Ezekiel Elliott right now. And there's been a lot of questions about whether they should trade him or not. Guys, again, executives look at this and they see this in different ways. And they're understanding, well, Dallas is in the old ways of paying up for their running backs. That's not really paying out right now. Maybe we need to change that. And I think that's what teams are seeing and they're looking at here. That's why you didn't see top running backs being taken because it is a running back rich league there's a lot of talent out there at running back and you can get by with guys who aren't going to be the next adrian peterson you know you can get by with that you don't need a derrick henry to be competitive and teams know that right now now yes this will shift and at some point it'll come back full circle but right now you can get by with a guy who's not a pure running back but a utility back like christian mccaffrey you can get by with an austin eckler guys that aren't Hey, workhorse, pound it up the middle, running backs every play. You can get by with that. Out of the top 10 running backs in play in 2021, three of them were in a split backfield for the season. Two of them had the worst year of their career. And three of them were outperformed by another running back on their team. What does that tell you guys? Don't pay up for your running backs. Don't put tons of equity into it. There's other guys out there you can scrounge up, and you know what you're going to get from them. Okay, That's why you saw running backs being taken later in the draft. Now, that doesn't mean that some of these guys went to places that doesn't make sense. Like, you know, the Jets, I don't understand why they took Brees Hall. They had Michael Carter last year, stepped up, played really, really well. I love Kenneth Walker going to Seattle. I think that's a great pickup for Seattle. 
you know, but there's there's some of these, I, I just don't understand why it fell as much as it did. I think some of these guys could have been taken a little bit earlier, but this is definitely teams looking at it and understanding, man, there's a lot of talent out there. We don't have to go draft the guy. Let's use this pick on something that's actually more valuable for the team as a whole. And that's what execs are seeing. The team as a whole, outside of running back, outside of QB, outside of this other stuff, is where we need to focus our resources, and that's what's making the difference. Now, number two on this is actually going to contradict that, but it really doesn't when you think about it. Wide receivers are the next spoiled position that has risen over the last three years. They're getting paid absorbent amounts of money. DeAndre Hopkins, these type of guys, they're getting paid so much money, and what have they shown for it? Have they won titles with it? Have they won Super Bowls with it? No, but they're getting paid all this amazing amount of money, but it's not elevating their team, okay? Look at this and think about it because so many wide receivers were taken in the draft. So many were taken in the first round. Why is that? Why is it different than running back? Well, that's because they're they're in the middle phase right now of people are starting to see that they're spoiled and starting to see that you shouldn't pay up for that. Okay, Hawkins didn't elevate the Cardinals' efforts. Julio was flat out bad last year. Keenan Allen was great. These are, these are the top three paid wide receivers. Amari Cooper got traded. And Michael Thomas is a brat. Okay? Tyreek Hill got traded. Odell Beckham Jr. got traded. Kenny Galladay was bad last year. Robinson was bad last year. Lockett was outperformed by DK Metcalf. That's your top 10. Top 10 paid wide receivers in the NFL. And only one of them you can sit and say, he was great for his team. He did a good job. And that's Keenan Allen. Everybody else, there's caveats there. Okay, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was great, too. He played great, don't get me wrong, but he didn't elevate the Cardinals. He didn't make them better at what they were doing. So I have concerns here with the way the league and the teams are spending their money. And I think executives are seeing that as well. So what are they going to do? They're going to shop guys. They're going to get rid of them. They're going to get rid of these guys that have started to become overspoiled and they're asking for money. Teams are getting ahead of the game right now and ahead in what they're looking at. Okay. So look at teams starting starting in the 21 year with a top 10 wide receiver, okay, in salary that they're paying for. Only three of them made the playoffs. Only three teams that had a top 10 paid wide receiver made the playoffs, okay? And so that's telling you that the weighted salary towards wide receiver isn't worth it. It doesn't pay off. You need to get a bunch of hungry guys who who do their role, do their job, and you have a good quarterback to support them and elevate them, and we'll get to that in a little bit. That's where the focus needs to be. So you got a bunch of guys taken in the draft because it's better to go get young talent that's not costing you an arm and a leg because it's not worth it to pay for those guys. Okay? Look what the Rams did this year. They went and got Odell Beckham Jr. What'd they do? They got him cheap, guys. They got him after he became a free agency. They didn't get him when he was getting paid the money he was getting paid. And they made a Super Bowl run and they won the Super Bowl because they didn't overpay for receiver. Number three, six of the top 10 most expensive starting offensive lines made the playoffs. Six of the most 10 expensive starting offensive lineups, I'm repeating myself, made the playoffs. That's why investing in offensive line is huge. Teams will pay up for offensive line. They will pay up to have a good offensive line, and it will pay off because six of the top 10 teams 
did make the playoffs this past year. That tells me that teams understand when you're putting your ratios or where your expenses go, you need to raise the bar on offensive line. So what happens? You get a good amount of offensive line being taken early in the draft. Okay? That's what you're going to see. You're going to see offensive line being tackled because or offensive line being taken because that's where teams are seeing it is going to pay off. Okay? I mean, if you look at it in the first round alone, you had one, two, three, four, five offensive tackles being taken. But that was even skewed in itself because sixth, seven, and ninth pick were all offensive tackles. Offensive tackles were big, okay? You look at offensive guards, and that makes up a good portion as well. You got three other guys there. It's center. You got one guy being taken. I mean, it's a good amount of offensive tackles, but the defense is really where things are changing here. And that's because the league itself is going to such stakes from an offensive standpoint that if you have a good defense, you're going to be good. Okay, because you're shutting down, you're keeping these points lower of your opponent. And when you get in the playoffs, that's really what's going to matter. And the Chiefs, when you go in there and you can't keep up with a team that's going to put up more points, and you're going to get beat. And that's what happens when you go up against a really good defense. So, whatever. Anyway, so offensive line, that's where people are seeing it. That's why three offensive linemen were taken in the top 10 of the draft this year. Number seven. Seven of the most expensive defenses in the top 10 made the playoffs, okay? Just like I talked about just now, defense is winning games and defense is putting you in the playoffs and giving you the chance to elevate and win. Seven, seven of the top 10. If you sit and you pay up and you invest in defense and you've got good defensive players, you're going to win. So what are teams trying to do? What are executives trying to do? They're not trying to go out and pay top dollar for defense. They're not trying to do that. But if they see the trend of, hey, if we pay enough and we have a good amount of good guys on defense, we're going to have a chance to go to the playoffs. They're going to invest in it if they can. But why pay that money if you can go get a bunch of good defensive players? That used to be what it was for running backs. That used to be what it was for wide receivers, and that's used to be what it was for tight ends and, th- and quarterbacks and things like that. Oh, let me go get a young guy instead of paying for him right now. Honestly, it's a lot better. The defense, defense is just as valuable as those positions used to be right now, and the league is showing it. Again, seven of the most expensive defensive player defensive rosters were made the playoffs last year. Seven of the most expensive defenses in the top 10 made the playoffs last year. That tells you everything. So pay up. Pay up for defense. It will get you there. Teams are learning that. Executives are learning that. That's why they're using these high draft picks to go get defensive guys because they need that anchor on defense to elevate their defensive strategies, right? Number five, run first quarterbacks. They belong top in fantasy. They don't belong top in real life. Titans, Chiefs, Packers, Bucks, Cowboys, Rams, Bengals, okay? Top teams, top four seeds on each side of the bracket last year, okay? Those are the top teams. Look at them, and what can you say? They all have pass-focused quarterbacks. They're not run-focused. They don't want to just run. Look at all the teams in the playoffs. Only Hurts, okay? Only Jalen Hurts, and arguably Kyler Murray were not run run focused uh pass focused quarterbacks. Hertz has more value in his legs than he does his arm. People know that right now. Maybe that changes, but right now that's not the case. Kyler Murray, 
arguably the same thing. I think people would still say right now his legs are more valuable than his arm. And that's why those two are the only two that made the playoffs. I mean, I, I just when teams are looking at this, my percentages are going to tell me I need a pass-first quarterback. Okay? So, yeah, run-first quarterbacks put butts in seats. But they don't bring wins to the board. Look at the past Super Bowls. Okay? Take a look at it. Okay? The winning quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Nick Foles, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Joe Flacco, Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Ben Rosberger, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning. You want me to keep going? Because out of all this list, the only person you could argue would be Russell Wilson, but he's still a pass-first quarterback. He has legs, and yes, he can make things happen with his legs, but he passes the ball. That's what he's focused on. So, yes, the league talks about, oh, we're going to this new run-first quarterback. We're going to go that direction. That's awesome for the league. That's the trend. It's not trending in wins. It's not trending in the Super Bowl. Teams that win the Super Bowl and win it all, that's not what they have behind the helm. They got a guy who passes the ball first. Doesn't matter about their legs. Okay? Doesn't matter. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, out of that list I told you, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson are the only two guys that you would really sit there and say, oh, man, they can do some damage with their legs. Aaron Rodgers, okay, yeah, maybe, but you don't really think about that. Everybody else, it's pass first. They don't even have a run game where it's like, oh, man, you got to worry about their legs. They don't. That's just not how it is. You're not going to win that way. Teams and executives are seeing that. They're understanding that trend, guys. So at some point, they're going to wise up and they're going to understand, hey, we can't we can't do that. We can't waste time on that. Number six, quarterbacks are overprivileged and cannot and causes bad decisions for the future of your franchise, okay? This is a trend that's been happening left and right. You know, you get Aaron Rodgers, you get Deshaun Watson, you get some of these other guys, and what they do is they hold the team ransom, they hold the team hostage, they they start making decisions for the franchise, and then it just ends up putting the franchise in a bad position. They're not paid to do this. They didn't have the, their career based on understanding executive decisions of a league and understanding how to form teams and all this, but they're letting this happen. So teams moving up from 2020 last year and performing better, well, that's teams that didn't get talented or they didn't get talent for their QBs, okay? Think about the teams that went and got big wide receivers or or listened to their quarterbacks or paid up for their quarterbacks or they did things because their quarterback said, hey, I want this, go get it, and they went and did it. You can't force a spend on wide receiver. You can't just pay up whatever a, wide, a quarterback wants you to pay. It's not going to pan out well. Quarterbacks need to put their money where their mouth is and make wide receivers better. Not have wide receivers make the quarterback better. Okay? That is that is huge right now. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Number 7, running back running quarterbacks have disrupted the quarterback evaluation process and made too many quarterbacks in the previous draft, get drafted when they shouldn't have been, okay? So the NFL is actually a QB-rich league right now. That's what I'm going to tell you. I will tell you that all day right now. That's not what experts say. That's not what people will tell you. Oh, it's not It's not a quarterback-rich league. It is. 
They were thriving in quarterbacks. Back in the day, Bridgewater, Mayfield, Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, these guys would be guys that would be coveted. You would not want to move them. They're your guy. They're solid. They're good. Keep them. Okay? All of those guys were shopped or were being shopped at some point within the past year. Within the past 365 days, they've either been traded, talked about with trades, put on the trade market. Okay? QBs leaving early in the in these drafts, they just come and they sit. So what has happened when you take a bunch of juniors and you take a bunch of guys early when they should have been seniors? Okay? Look at these quarterbacks again. Bridgewater, Mayfield, Garoppolo, Ryan, Watson, Wilson. All guys that it's like, you know what? They could be on a team that could win a Super Bowl. They could be on they're they're a serviceable, manageable quarterback. Some of them amazing, great quarterbacks still. You know, Russell Wilson, you know, being the top one, obviously, you think of that. But look at these guys. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, they all left as juniors last year in the draft. Ellinger, Trask, Mills, and Mond were the only were, were seniors, and they were all taken later in the draft. Okay. Look look at it. Fields, Lance, Jones, Lawrence, Wilson. They left early. Maybe that skewed the draft for this year. Maybe some of those guys should have stayed in college. If Fields and Lance, just those two, would have stayed and become seniors this year, one, they would have been more ready. Two, you would have seen more quarterbacks taken early in the draft. You had too many guys get pushed to leave early last year. They weren't ready. And what did they do? Even though the team was pressured to start them and play them, the coaches looked at it and was like, we can't. They're not ready. Teams don't want to get stuck in that situation, guys. Because look what happened to those teams. All they're getting is people breathing down their neck. They've got a horrible situation right now. You know, you get coaches fired in Chicago with Fields. For on Lance's side of things, yeah, the coaches are still there. But what's happening in the, with the organization? They're being pressured to move Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a good serviceable quarterback that got you really far last year. Seriously? It's ridiculous, guys. In 2020, the best quarterbacks from that draft, take a look at it. Two seniors, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Teams can see the trend, guys. Tua Tungabailoa, who was taken number one, was a junior. He didn't make it. Okay? Jordan Love, he's not a starter. These guys that leave before they're seniors, teams are seeing the trend. Kenny Pickett and Ritter, Desmond Ritter, we're seniors. They're ready to go now. And they were put on teams that can give them a chance to play now. Teams that really needed a quarterback, teams that could have put a quarterback there. You know, some people said Washington should have taken a guy or whatever. No, they don't need to. They got a serviceable guy in Wentz. Keep him there and wait until you get a good senior coming out of the, a draft in the future that you know, hey, this guy could play right now. They don't need a guy right now. So they didn't go draft one of these guys. And Willis is a run-first quarterback. He left Auburn to be a starter somewhere else. That's not good that you leave Auburn and go to a place like Liberty to be a starter because Auburn's way more competitive. 
Auburn's in a great division in the SEC. That tells me he doesn't have what it takes to push through and be good enough. He's going to whine and complain about playing time. He's going to be a Kyler Murray. He's going to whine and complain and be like, hey, bring me help. So those are the seven things. Now look at this. Teams that bring in a top wide receiving core or a really, really high paid player for their quarterback, like we mentioned before, quarterbacks are overprivileged, they don't improve. Stephon Diggs was made better by Josh Allen, and now that team is amazing every year right now. They're contenders every year right now. Thomas, Michael Thomas, was made better by Drew Brees. Cooper Cup was made better by Matthew Stafford. Those teams and those players elevated themselves because of the quarterback. It wasn't the other way around. When you have guys being brought in to make a quarterback better, you're going in the wrong direction. You don't do that. If your quarterback can't step up and make guys good around them, don't have them be your starter. Find a guy who makes your guys better. Instead of paying a boatload of money for a quarterback, uh, a wide, wide receiver to come in and hopefully make your quarterback good. There's good enough quarterbacks to go around out there. Go get a guy who's serviceable, okay, that can manage and make your, your wide receivers play well. Look at the upcoming players that moved. Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. A.J. Brown and Hurts now. Tyreek Hill and Tua Tungavailoa. Amari Cooper, Deshaun Watson. Michael Pittman and Matt Ryan. Terry McLaurin, Carson Wentz. Let's see how these play out this year. Expect improved numbers and improved play for the teams with the wide receivers that go to a place with a better QB. So I'm telling you right now, Tyreek Hill, Brown, Adams, I'm sorry guys, you're going to have bad years and your team's not going to perform as well as it was with the teams you were on before. This is not going to happen because you went to a worse quarterback situation. Stop sending these guys. For those teams, okay, the Eagles, okay, the Miami Dolphins, the, o the, the Vegas Raiders, stop getting these wide receivers to try and make your quarterback better. That's not how you need to do this. Your quarterback makes the team around them better. Once you get that QB, Invest in your offensive line. Invest in your defense. The wide receivers will come because your quarterback will make them where they need to be. Stop doing this the other way around. The league has become so pass-focused and high-scoring and so focused on getting those points on the board and top wide receiver to go with a quarterback, but defense is more important than ever. Executives are not stupid. They see this. At least most of them are not stupid. Look at the draft and look at the teams that made the decisions they made and you will see good executives versus not good executives. The Titans trading Brown makes sense from data and analytics and the salary ratio that you see in winning teams. That's why they are run first and a defensive oriented team. Brown going from the Ravens was a bad move for both of those teams because he's a young wide receiver that's not getting paid a buttload of money and he's going to be fine for your team. You have a run-first quarterback that can't elevate him and make him play the best that he can. Now you send him to another team that already is paying a buttload of money to DeAndre Hopkins. They're going to end up having to pay Brown a buttload of money if Murray plays good enough to elevate him. And now you screwed yourself there too. I don't understand it. 
I don't like that move for the, the Cardinals, and I do think the Cardinals are going to regress this year. I'm rooting for the Cardinals. I want to see them do well, but I don't think these moves are going to be good. And the Titans taking Malik Willis is driven not by the quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, running the franchise. It's driven by the organization running the franchise the way they need to. Cardinals and Eagles, good luck. You're going to have a rough year. I'm just telling you right now. Okay? So that's the whole thing when you look at this. This is being shaped, and the whole reason that all of this is happening is because these executives and the data and the trends is showing that these positions that didn't get drafted early, quarterbacks, running backs, they're all actually not as valuable as they used to be. Even wide receiver, because the teams that are taking wide receiver took it because they have a necessity for it, or because they didn't need the top talent they had. They'd rather trade those guys, save money at that position, because they need to spend it other places. Okay? That is the trend. That's what we're seeing here. Ultimately, the league has been spoiled with quarterbacks, and they've had the Lamar Jacksons, the Josh Allens, the, the Patrick Mahomes, the Joe Burrows of the world coming up and playing so well, and teams were taking quarterbacks left and right and taking all this risk and risk and risk, and then when it doesn't pan out, and these teams are just spinning their wheels in the middle of the pack and not making the playoffs, okay, the Bears, the Dolphins, like when you get that, what happens? You have everybody else sees it and they're like, I'm not doing that because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna get a good solid senior when we need him. Let him come in and let him be a part of our team that we've built to be good. And we're gonna wait for that to happen. We're gonna be patient. We're gonna do our job and due diligence to have a good team and not just focus on putting butts in seats. Okay? And all those teams that were desperate that just care about putting butts in seats like Jaguars and stuff, what did they do? They went and they went and took their guys last year. So those teams were not out there this year. The ones that were willing to make boneheaded decisions or willing to just go and get offensive players or just trying to get ticket sales. That didn't happen. So anyway, that that's kind of what we think. Those are the big points that we were looking at with the draft this year and... Um, yeah, let us know what you guys think. Uh, maybe there's something that we're missing there. I'm sure there's some other things that kind of led to it. But ultimately, that's where it is. Your value ratios need to be offensive line, defense, fill in your other positions with great guys. And there's teams that are going to be emerging this year because of the way that they're doing things with the draft and the organization. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again um, next week. Thank you guys.